0: Log Talk Radio. Let me tell you about something new. A new show called G's Power. Power. Real
1: talk for real saints. Are you ready? And it's for real.
2: All shows can be downloaded if you miss one or found on iTunes the next day. G's Power Hour is powered by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. G's Power
1: Hour. Yeah! Over the past 60 years,
0: Dove Beauty Bar's superior formula has remained unchanged. But when it comes to
1: beauty... Everything changed. Together, we redefined beauty. We said no to stereotypes and yes to every type. We
2: let go of judgments and embraced what makes us unique. We're proud to have
1: been there with you, caring for you every step of the way. Here's to the next 60 years.
2: Well, good morning, brothers and sisters, kings and queens, angels and saints. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to G's Power Hour. i never had it so good entertainment. I am your host, G. Thank you for joining us on this hump day. And we are pleased to welcome back State Representative Bruce Antone. Good morning. How are you, sir? Oh, Oh, no. Come on, Bruce. Don't do a sister like that. Anyway. He's coming because he told me he was coming. Uh, I know he had some things that he had to take care of this morning. But anyway, you all pray for me. I, you know, sometimes your day is, gets a little bit thrown off. So you know, I have to tell you, I am just walking in the door from the second half of my gym workout, which is the pool, which I ended at eleven fifteen. So imagine trying to get here and get on the on the air for you. But you know, God works. So anyway. I hope and pray that you all are, you know, and I know it's kind of hard these days with uh, the holidays and stuff, but I hope and pray that you all are, are staying on track or getting on track with your health, with, you know, the food, yes, of course, and, and um Tara Collingwood, who we've had on, a dietician, she's talked about, you know, just kind of having to to balance it and maybe not do as much, you know, of a good thing as you would normally want to do. Uh, But just kind of balance it out, you know, but stay healthy. It's it's important. Uh, You know, you want to have, you know, a lot of people talk about having a long life. You don't want to have a long life and have a miserable life. You know, you want to have a long life that has quality, that is, is healthy, that you're able to get around, that you're able to uh, socialize with family and friends, that you're able, if you'd like to, if you're able to travel, or if you do sports, you know, golf, bowl, whatever it is, you know, mountain climb, whatever it is that you do. But the key is to make sure that you are you, you are in good health as much as possible. Some things are, are a little bit out of our control, but what you can control you know, do so. And what you can't control, you leave it to God in prayer. So just please take care of yourself. Anyway, Bruce, are you there yet? Oh, I mean, just told me he was coming. He's here. Can you hear me? <sighs> Yeah. How are you doing okay. like
1: that? <laughs>
2: anyway, I'm good sorry.
0: Morning. I'm sorry. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning.
2: <laughs> How are you?
0: I'm doing well. Can you hear me? Okay.
2: Yes, I can hear you fine now. Thank you so much. So, okay. All right. You know, you know, I, I wanted to bring you on the show because I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, you your journey a little bit and things that are coming up and kind of get you to weigh in on a couple of things. So, um, you know, we've known each other a minute, um, and right. when uh-huh. I when when I first met you, I politics just wasn't what I thought about when I thought thought about you it wasn't anything we had ever discussed. Um, right. Years down the road, when we got reacquainted, that was, that was your thing. What was it that got you into the political arena in the first place?
0: Oh, uh, I mean, I've had an interest in politics since college. Uh, I, like say, had a crazy dream back in college. And one day I would be in elected office and it eventually came to fruition. But along the way, uh, I had, uh, done some volunteer work in the community, you know, I'd been part of Southern Christian Leadership Council, had been part of the NAACP, had volunteered to do other stuff, had done a mentoring program at, uh, Valencia College called Young Men Emerging and Young Women on the Move back in the 80s, and, and so as the 90s came around, I decided I really wanted to get involved in, uh, politics, so. I ended up volunteering and helping a guy run for Orlando City Commission. And mm-hmm. out of that, I ended up going to work for then uh, State Senator Buddy Dyer on his uh, uh, campaign for the Florida Senate in June of 1992. Uh, wow. And again, working for me. And for those of you that
2: are listening those of you that are listening and not from Orlando, Buddy Dyers now is the mayor of Orlando for been mayor for a while. So just let you know. So
0: go ahead. Yeah, and so, and so working in his office, you know, it's uh it's hands on in politics, working with home associations, working with various committees, working on a task force to build a, a highway from downtown Orlando to Orlando international airport. And, and, you know, I just saw how politicians, in this case, uh, State Senator Buddy Dyer, could do things for the community as a, you know, elected official. So I decided I needed to get in office so I could do those same things. And so uh, I ran twice, lost, I finally got elected in 2002, uh, served in the Florida legislature for four years. Uh, decided I didn't want any more parts of that crazy place. Thought it was the craziest <laughs> place in the world. So for six years, I never stopped in Tallahassee, never had a desire to go in the Florida Capitol. And somebody called me up in June of 2012 and said, Hey, Bruce, there's some folks running for your old Florida House of Representatives seat. And I hope this is not a long answer. And they were like, Hey, would you consider running again? And I said, Okay. I got in the race uh, six weeks ago. This person called me and said, hey, Bruce, we saw you in the race. We want to help you. And they, and they helped me get elected. And I beat five folks then. And so I served for eight years, sat out two years, and, and here I am back again because I couldn't stand to sit on the sidelines and, and watch nothing happen in our community. So, anyway, that's the answer. I hope that answers your question.
2: Yeah, that that's good, Uh, and and I guess (laughs) no, you know. And I wanted to ask you, you talking about the time that you decided you were kind of done with it? It's kind of like what they say about uh, you don't want to get too close when they're making the sausage.
1: You don't. Right, right.
2: So, so, and I've been in some jobs where it's been like that, where you know you got a little bit too close and, and got up there, and it's like, or or positions, and it's like, you know, I just nah, that's okay. (laughs)
1: So, <laughs> uh, uh, right, right, okay. right,
0: right And and in so, this particular case I'm a Democrat And so it's always been like 80 Republicans To 40 Democrats And so we just sit on the back row That you're kind of just You're a participant In the process But you're also a spectator Because the other 80 folks Are making the decision that you just got just a little say so. So that's kinda of why I was turned off. But once that's I sweet. sat out for a while and realized, hey man, you just gotta play the play the cards that you've been dealt and you go and make the most of it. And so when I went back this second time, man, I was able to make the most of it and do things differently and so um I didn't have such a negative uh opinion about it anymore.
2: Okay.
1: Well, that's good. But I
0: mean, you know, politics is politics. I mean, again, you got to play the hand that you've been dealt. And so uh, politics is going to go on whether you're a part of it or not. And, and I've just chose to be a part of it again. Uh-huh. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
2: So, no, no, you're fine. You're fine. Because uh, I, I, I wanted to know, you know, because that it, it's a task. And it's not like it's going to make you rich either.
1: Uh, <laughs> right. So.
2: So, what I wanted to find out though uh what's what's on your agenda for this time um why are you back what what is the the main motivation?
0: well, this time again, just trying to make sure that a community that I've represented has uh has good representation has a voice uh, I, and I'll just say, What the community I represent is like the black community in, in the city of Orlando and in unincorporated Orange County. And they need a voice in the legislature that can go up there and talk about their issues. Now, some of my priority issues this time is, one, we've got to deal with the property insurance issue, right? So there's a special session in Tallahassee this week. The legislation that's put forward this week, only stabilizes the insurance companies. It does nothing to reduce premiums for homeowners. And and homeowners are seeing their property insurance increase by 300%, right? And so um, sometimes um, the property insurance bill is now almost half of the uh, the mortgage, you know. It's, it's almost half of what the mortgage is. I mean, that's just how much property insurance has gone up. And so that's also making homes unaffordable. So, you know, we got to go back uh, in January. We'll be in Tallahassee from January until May. But this time, uh, we have to focus on giving some relief to the homeowners, the policy owners. We cannot continue to allow uh, – The insurance premiums to to keep going up, you know, so that's, that's number one. Uh, we gotta make sure that the state is putting forth as much dollars as it can to build affordable housing for working families and working individuals, you know, whether that's single family homes, whether that's down payment assistance, whether that's multi-family large apartment complexes, we have to build more housing that working families and individuals in Florida can can rent or purchase. So that's gonna be like number two. The third thing I wanna focus on is um, is what I call getting funding to build the Florida Museum of African American history. You know, there's a big old African American History Museum in Washington DC on the Washington Mall. I think we need one in Florida. Florida has a lot of rich history pertaining to black people. And when I say black people, that's the African-American community, that's the Haitian community, Caribbean community, and all those other communities that exist here in Florida, right? We need to capture that history. We need to put it somewhere in a museum because, you know, people have forgotten all about African-American history. There's probably 50 museums in in Washington, D.C., that focuses on American history. And only one of those museums focuses on African-American history. So we need to build a museum in Florida that can do the same thing. And um, and that museum could very well become a tourist attraction that attracts at least half a million visitors a year. And it could pay for itself. But, I mean, we've got, you know, the first five black Pilots in the military trained in Tallahassee here in Florida. Uh, General Chaffee James grew up in Pensacola. You know, he was a Tuskegee Airman. We've got the Haitian Muriel Boatlift back in the 80s. We've got um, all sorts of history that black kids, white kids, Asian kids, Hispanic kids, European kids are not aware of. So we need to, to build a museum that. That truly represents the best of Florida and and the best of African American history in Florida. Another thing is there's a shortage of black doctors and Hispanic doctors and nurses and nurse practitioners and physician assistants in in the state of Florida. So I'm going to work on trying to get some money to set up something I call the uh, the medical school fellowship program for Hispanics and African-Americans, but it's to try to to get more African-Americans and Hispanics to go to medical schools here in the state of Florida. And it would be a fellowship that helps pay for tuition and living expenses. And so we've got to, you know, we've got to create a bigger pool of uh, African-American and uh, Hispanic doctors here in the state of Florida. And then after that, it's just really focusing on, what my constituents need. So when they call the office, you know they need help with Medicaid. They need help with somebody picking up trash. They might need help. Hey man, our house got flooded during this last hurricane, and and I need somebody to help me work through FEMA or whatever. And so those are going to be my priorities. And I'm sorry I give you such long answers, but
2: <laughs> don't apologize. I mean, I, you you have a, a vision, you have a goal, and you you know you're outlining your plan. Talk. Let's talk a little bit about, like, like I said, this, is, this isn't your first rodeo, so you have some insight. They uh. had to take money to uh, replenish the funds that were used during the hurricanes when they uh, uh, dismissed the tolls for a while. And my question, my concern is the uh, Sadowski Fund, which they usually kind of take money from for just about anything. Right. What's how can we preserve that fund and, and, you know, stop people from dipping, you know, into it and use it what it's for what it's for?
0: All right. So the Sadowski fund is a housing set up a fund. It's like a rainy day fund, it's like a savings account set up specifically to collect money to build affordable housing like I say multi-family housing single-family housing they help with down payment assistance renovation of existing housing stock so this fund has been around 30 40 years and it's a doc stamp fee on every real estate trade uh, Transaction, sale. So
1: mm-hmm. transaction
0: yeah. yeah and so this money goes into this Sadowski housing trust fund and it's grown from a hundred million to about almost half a billion dollars now. And so starting back during the uh man, I don't know, it might have been the Charlie Chris administration when we had the recession. Uh the legislature started taking money from that fund and using it for other purposes. That's how they, you know, were able to pay for stuff. And so they continued just taking funds. From the Sadowski, and those are supposedly dedicated funds for housing. That's the only uh purpose for using that money. But the legislature said we can do whatever we want. So they, I'd say over the last 20 years, they've probably taken $2.5 billion away from that fund. That could have built a lot of new housing here in the state of Florida, right? Uh So about... Ooh, 2019 I got with some of my Republican colleagues in the Florida Affordable Housing Coalition and we said hey man we can no longer keep taking funds away from the Sadowski Housing Trust Fund and so finally last year year before uh, the legislature made a decision that they would no longer raid the Sadowski Housing Trust Fund they would no longer take money from that. Uh, trust fund and use it for other purposes, and, and as you know, we have a housing crisis here in in Florida. You know, it's just mm-hmm. a shortage of affordable housing, and so I think everybody understands now we've got to use that money uh, for what it was intended, which is to build <laughs> affordable housing. Now, I saw a report yesterday that says, you know, before the end of this decade, we need another half million. Uh, affordable housing uh, units and you know affordable housing is kind of misleading you know mm-hmm. but I would say at this point affordable housing being something that you could rent for less than $2,000 a month
1: <laughs> and
0: even $2,000 a month is not necessarily affordable but,
1: yeah. but that's
0: what you I mean, going for here in Central Florida uh-huh.
2: yeah because right now uh, when a, <laughs> it's hard to find a one bedroom place for mm-hmm. a, under two, much under two thousand. Uh, is, is. So we've got to do something. Uh, there, there's got to be some sort of regulations in terms of uh, the cost too. But right. well, let's talk. Uh-huh. A, I want to get back to the, the Sudowski in terms of how are the funds distributed, and who determines who gets those funds.
0: Well, there's a formula. Uh, and I wish I knew the specific details, but there's a formula that determines how the money is distributed. So let's just say now this year it'll be 400 million, which is probably what they will distribute. And the formula determines how much each county gets. So each county gets a share of those dollars. And then each city, gets a share of those dollars. So it's a kind of simple formula, but it makes sure that every county and every city gets some of those dollars based on population. Mm -hmm. And then those dollars can then be used for a couple of purposes. One, for down payment assistance. So in some cases, a city or county can offer down payment assistance to, um, people that want to buy homes for the first time that make people that make less than, say, $80,000 a year, right? So there's money mm-hmm. set aside, for down payment assistance. There's money that goes to another fund for people that build large multi-family apartment complexes. And then there's some money there, I believe, for construction of single-family homes. But it's about three different uses. But there's a formula. That makes sure that every county and every city, municipality gets a share of the money based on their population. Did I answer your question?
2: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Right. So, um, <laughs> so you're laughing. No, but you're answering the question. So don't don't you don't okay. have to worry about that. So um, now, what is it? Talk talk to me about. What's going on with uh, Orla Vista? And I know that's more local than it is state, but can you can you talk about it? Can you can you? Uh, I don't know. Oh man! What? Okay, I know you could probably talk about it probably for more time than we have for you, but because uh, I know you need to go. But can you talk about it a little bit? Why yep. is it that I can go this past.
0: is? Okay, I can go ahead. No,
2: no, no. I, you, good. I'm glad you can go past the time. So. Why is it that this particular section of town, and I know there are others because I passed one place the other day where there was water that looked like it was creeping in somebody's backyard. Um, So it's Mm -hmm. not just Orla Vista, but Orla Vista seems to take the brunt of the, you know, the damage when it comes to these storms. And it doesn't even really have to be a hurricane, but the hurricane really kind of draws the focus to how bad the problem is there. Talk about it, please.
0: You know, if you're coming off of Kirkman Road, going south down Kirkman towards, say, uh, International Drive, you look to the left after you come under the east-west, you'll see this big old lake. And that's really a retention pond. And it's, I want to say three retention ponds, and that's where a lot of the water from of Vista and Pine Hills drains when, you know, there's a heavy rainstorm, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And so back in 2017, uh, those retention ponds flooded. They Uh overflowed. Uh, They claimed they had a problem with the drain, its pumps, and so they didn't lower the water levels enough, but, you know, those retention ponds and all of this are flooded. I I don't know this for a fact, but if I drive in all of Vista, the retention pond seems to be higher than the street. So mm. almost seems like it doesn't take much that if the water, you know, gets real high it's gonna flow into those homes around up in there. So again, going back to two thousand seventeen whenever the hurricane, the retention ponds Overflow and anywhere from fifty to one hundred and thirty homes were were flooded. Right, and so mm-hmm. there was a plan put forth by the county commission. Hey, we're going to we're going to dig out those retention ponds. We're going to make them deeper. We're going to make sure that those homes don't flood again. Right, and some of those folks lost everything. I remember we dealt with some constituents. Uh, there was one family. They had 10 cars in the yard, you know, because everybody <laughs> in the family stayed there. And they lost all 10 of those cars. You know, they lost all of their belongings because the water came up to about three feet high in the house. And so I guess somebody said, oh, we got time. It'll never flood like that again. Where five years later, we've got Hurricane Ian, and it flooded, as they say, a 500-year storm. You know, you've got something you call a, a uh, 30-year storm, which is, you know, that's the water gets exceptionally high. Then there's a 50-year, which is like, oh, it's a whole lot of water. Then there's a 100-year storm. Then there's a 500-year storm, which is like a rare season, right? And so this <laughs> you know, was supposedly totally, mm, It doesn't
2: matter.
1: <laughs> right, it I agree. Matter.
2: I mean, you know, because number one, um, you know, it doesn't matter how many years. Nature kind of reclaims right. its own. Okay. It does. So, uh-huh. so they really need to not build in those areas because it's just coming. Right. You know, you just need to right. be smart enough to know that it's coming. Um, I mean, right. and
0: let me go back my to the with all of mm-hmm. Yeah. So with all go of stuff, they never did dig out the retention ponds like the county commission. That said they would do so somewhere around January of 2019, the county commission voted to spend, uh, according to the newspaper article, the million dollars digging out those retention ponds and making them deeper so that they wouldn't flood. So it was going to be a million dollars, which was 250000 from the county, and then $750,000 from FEMA. Well, I, I don't know that they ever got the money, right? And so I looked in the paper in January of this year, and so now the county had another plan that they had finally approved, which was a $10 million plan to dig out those retention ponds. And that's January of 2022. And so now the county would spend $2.5 million and FEMA would give $7.5 And so uh, Congresswoman Demings announced that she had gotten a grant of $7.5 million to dig out those retention ponds in January of this year. But for whatever reason, the retention ponds were never dug out. So now, supposedly, there's a $23 million plan to dig out the retention ponds. But the bottom line is somebody needs to get started digging out those retention ponds so it doesn't flood again. And so with Hurricane i I'm not even sure folks realize that over by UCF, an entire apartment complex was flooded. They had to go get boats and bring those folks out off yeah. of Chickasaw Trail. I mean, there's a neighborhood I visited like two or three weeks later. It's a mile-long road up in there. Those homes were flooded. There was flooding off of Oak Ridge. There was flooding in Richmond Heights. Uh, there was flooding in Eatonville. That was flooding on Popka. I mean, there was so much flooding in central Florida, uh, that a whole lot of neighborhoods were just devastated, folks, you know, lost everything and stuff. And so the county and the city really gotta get serious about assessing, you know, their drainage needs and so supposedly all of these places, cities and counties now looking at which retention ponds do we need to deepen, you know, uh Retention canal, do we need to do something with that? But this all of us, the thing should have been fixed a long time ago. And so these families over there are flooded out for the second time. And so somebody's got to, you know, make this a priority issue. So, again, sorry for the well, long answer.
2: No, 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 that's okay. Because the, the one of the, the big problem too in addition to to uh the county having to do something or the city having to do something, the the problem is the this area is not a, a luxury area. This area is not a high income area. So, you have people that are living there that are doing the best they can anyway, and then they probably have to pay for flood insurance on top of that which is not cheap, you know. So it's a compounded problem, and definitely oh, yeah. whatever the the county and city can do, they need to go ahead and do their part so that the resident, residents don't have to worry about that as much either.
0: So. Oh, exactly, exactly. Uh, one of the components of the legislation in Tallahassee this week on property insurance is and I need to go back and read that. Is they're going to require everybody to have flood insurance by, say, twenty twenty seven, twenty thirty? Right now, right now, flood insurance can cost you an extra six hundred and forty dollars a year. But they're going to require everybody to have flood insurance. You know, I don't
2: understand that. Especially if you you know you live in an area where it's not going to flood. I mean, right. that's w- w- one of the things my husband and I, when we were looking for houses, I deliberately there's certain areas that I deliberately would not look at because it's a flat area or a low lying area, and it's I, yeah. I just wouldn't do it, you know. So uh, anyway, what other what <laughs> other uh, things
1: <laughs>
2: that you want to make sure that that people are, are aware about right now?
0: Oh, I mean, just, you know, they need to pick up the phone and call their elected officials when there's something they need help with or something they're not pleased with. I mean, people really have to make the phone calls. Otherwise, your problems in your communities and stuff just don't get addressed. I mean, one of my big things Mm -hmm. over the years has been the trash. In the median on Kirkman Road, and the trash in the median on Highway 50, from John Young Parkway out to Acosta, right? I
1: mean, mm-hmm. folks
0: are post on Facebook. Oh, somebody needs to pick up the trash. Well, you need to call your city or your county and say, "Can y'all come pick up the trash?" You know, can y'all come cut the grass? You know, in in the wake of this flooding and all of this in Richmond Heights, people need to be calling their elected officials and saying, "Hey, man." What are y'all going to do about this problem? Are y'all going to fix it? Or what are you going to do to make sure it doesn't happen again, right?
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, if
0: you to say that's a 100-year storm or 500-year storm, it'll never happen again. But, I mean, with the way the hurricanes are getting stronger now, it could happen again. I mean, yeah, it was less than, what, 15 years ago, 16 years ago, 18 years ago that a storm hit. Southwest Florida, and here we go again. Boom, mm-hmm. Hurricane Ia comes through there. Uh, it comes through Central Florida. Now, this is the sixth hurricane we've had in Orlando in mm, 18 years, right? Mm-hmm. This particular hurricane didn't do wind damage. It did water damage, you know, Um mm-hmm. uh, so I mean, folks need to—they really need to call their elected officials when there's something they're not happy with, you know, and and voice their concerns. Otherwise, their concerns will be ignored, or folks will just say it must not be a priority because nobody's saying anything, you know. But um, you know, I am was all right, elected official. All right, <laughs> elected official.
2: Put your information no, but, out there. Let's let's have it. Come on. How do we get to?
0: Yeah, Well, in my case, I don't have the office open yet, so I don't have a phone number yet, but uh, mm. the office should be open after the first of the year. You know, I just got okay. elected, so we're trying to get the office open and everything.
2: Uh, All
0: right. But the other and thing so you're going to call wanna, back
2: and give us that information, right?
0: I am. I am. I am. I would just also like to encourage everybody to vote in every election. People have to go vote. It's not just the presidential election. It's the governor's race. It's the city commission race. It's the county commission race. They got to vote in every election. In this past Thank election, you. in November, 400,000 mm-hmm. less voters voted in 2022 than they did in the governor's race in 2018. Now, that's not the reason why DeSantis won. That's not the reason why uh, Charlie Chris lost. I mean— Governor DeSantis won by 1.5 million votes this time around. In 2018, he won by 35,000 votes. But the 400,000 less voters, those voters make a difference in the state legislative races, whether it's the state House of Representatives, whether it's the state Senate seat. You know, 400,000 votes is a lot. But folks have to vote in every election. I mean, that's how they voice their they're concerned about their community or something, but they've got to vote. They've got to vote. they got to vote in every election. So, okay, I'm going to stop there. But what's what other questions did you have for me?
1: <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and let you go. I'm going to go ahead and let you No, I've got it. a little bit
2: more time. Okay, all right. Well, let's just take oh, yeah. a good quick commercial break because the show got to get okay. paid for. So so we're here with uh, stable representatives, Bruce Antone. And if you have questions, please don't hesitate to call. The number is 516-387-1944. But we're going to take a quick break. Gee's Power Hour. I never had it so good. Entertainment. We'll be right back.
0: dedicated to serving our families.
2: Having a wedding, reception, family reunion, planning a banquet, or some other fundraising event. Need to share your knowledge through a workshop or seminar. Or it's a difficult time and you need to plan a wake or repast let us help. At Our Gatherings, let us reduce the stress and make the occasion memorable, treasured. Call Our Gatherings at 407-968-9387 or email gatherings at yahoo.com. Let us help plan your special event. Good afternoon. Welcome back to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today here with State Representative Bruce Antone, and if you have questions, the number is five one six three eight seven one nine four four. So I'm gonna throw some stuff out there since <laughs> she I've got your ear. <laughs> well, uh-huh. I I I got I have a concern as a, a homeowner and as a realtor, um, and I don't know if you can do anything about it, but I'd like to ask you to look into it, even though you're not. My state rep, in terms of my area, but I'm gonna reach out to that person as well. but I have an issue with um appraisals and uh-huh. it, it, and and my issue is that I know that there are some discriminatory practices in appraisals
1: mm-hmm. how
2: how to determine that I don't know. Um, and I know I, I go back and I know there's others, but I guess just go back to this um, one case that uh, I saw on one of the network shows in Jacksonville, where um, a, a couple uh, they had an appraisal done in their house and they thought their appraisal was quite low, and so what they did was to take the pictures of the um, African American spouse and the children out of the house and have someone come in. And appraised the house without uh, any indication that there was an African American person living there, and the appraisal went up about $125,000 on the house. Now, wow. uh, you know that's not you know that's just not the only thing. You know we have these developers that build houses in different areas. Same house, uh-huh. different uh-huh. area, different price. For the uh-huh. value of the house. Now I know there are other things that are included in terms of location and stuff like that. But what what my concern is what happens is that houses in low income or um, minority um, or ethn- ethnically diverse neighborhoods get valued lower, and then uh, when investors come in, they swoop down on those properties. Gather them up, especially in certain areas, and they do that gentrification process and right. redo redo the properties, and then all of a sudden, those properties are now luxury properties, and the people right. who who used to have them are, are still, you know, in, in, in nearby areas can can't afford those type of properties. So right. I, I have a concern with that. So.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It, how, what would be the first step to get something like that addressed?
0: I don't know. I'd have to find out if there's an appraisal board that has some particular standards for how homes and buildings are appraised. I mean, that's kind of where it starts. But, mm-hmm. I mean, historically, Properties in less affluent and ethnic communities have been valued or appraised at lower values than than other communities. You know, the only people right now that are paying high prices for homes are those bootleg uh, investors that are coming in. Man, well, they out there buying houses in Catalina Park and Edenville for three hundred thousand dollars, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, But then you get an appraiser for your home in Pine Hills which is twice as big and they'll be like, Oh, it's only two hundred and fifty thousand, you know.
2: But mm-hmm. I
0: and I'll say, let me look into that. Uh okay. Because we gotta figure out what's going on there. Uh, and so that's a good question. Uh and again, okay. uh folks uh lose money when when their house is appraised at a lower value than what it should be. Mhm. Okay. And I'll so, find out and I'll get back to you. Mm-hmm.
2: I appreciate that. We'll be checking back in with you on that. Uh, so that that is that is something that's been kind of uh, <laughs> sticking uh, been a throw in my side for a while now, and I I, right, I do right. would like to see it addressed because between uh-huh. uh, gentrification and eminent domain, a lot of times a lot of uh, properties, and we know this was the case with John Young. Uh, mm-hmm. years back, uh, you know, even affluent African Americans had property taken uh right. just for to build to build John Young. But and right, you right. know, those communities in that area got squeezed. You know. Right. So.
0: right. now eminent domain can be used to seize property for construction of roads, schools, hospitals, mm-hmm. uh and I'm trying to the military bases and stuff like that, but the legislature did change the law back around two thousand six or so that stopped cities from allowing somebody to take gretchen uh simmons dumps Demp Simmons property and then give it to a investor that would then turn around and sell it at a higher price. I mean, that was ah. across the country, but that's no longer allowed here in the state of Florida. But down in Rivera Beach, uh, the city of Rivera Beach, which was actually a uh, African-American mm-hmm. city councilman, they went in there and took ooh, several thousand homes uh, that were on the intercoastal waterway and in the city and gave it basically allowed a, a developer to come in and buy all that stuff. I mean, well are the people that own those properties for 50 and a hundred years, right?
2: Wow. But it was, yeah.
0: All of that was done to enrich a particular developer. And so the state of Florida stopped that. Uh, one example was, you know, the soccer stadium downtown. They were trying to use them in a the domain mm-hmm. to to take uh the property where the soccer stadium is in downtown Orlando and give it mm-hmm. to the owner of the uh soccer team and so the state law kicked in and stopped that and so they had to pay those landowners a fair uh market value price for their property.
2: And that's another yeah, so. area that um yeah, we, um, my husband and I were riding through that area the other day, you know, and, and mm-hmm. <laughs> running, going down the street and running right into the soccer stadium where it, before you, the <laughs> soccer stadium wasn't there, you know. And then right. you know, some, somebody like me, you know, the soccer stadium doesn't have any benefit for me, but you know, right, right. Um, I, I, you know, and I had a cousin who had a barbershop down in that right. area, you know, mm-hmm. had been moved. You know, there's a lot of, uh, I was telling my husband who's not from this area about, you know, when I was growing up, an old uh, beauty shop that I used to go to Uh down there, an old fish market, even an old uh, movie theater that used to be down there when I was a little girl. All of that is gone.
0: Yeah, And, uh, and I mean, it's happening nationwide, whether it's in Atlanta, around the Dr. King Center, Uh, Los Mm -hmm. Angeles and Baldwin Hills and San Francisco I mean uh, Harlem Uh, you see what used to be traditional African American communities are no longer traditional African American communities because they've all been Mm -mm. gentrified investors have come in and bought up all the property and now people can't even afford to to live in those communities where they grew up so
2: it's a a problem
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Um, are you familiar with uh, and it's something that I came across a few years ago, and I want to say it's a, a, a project called Main Streets where they take certain streets and, uh, I guess, uh, improve them, certain sections, like, for example, the milk section. Are you familiar with that in and, and, um, Orlando and uh, Mills 50 and some of those other areas where they've received yeah, money Orlando to
1: yeah,
0: the city of Orlando, I believe, has a mainstream, Main Street project, office. Mm-hmm. It's some kind of designation. And, again, I don't know where you get the designation from. It might come from the federal government. But along with that comes some dollars to do certain things. And, again, Mills, that Mills area, the
2: mm-hmm. uh, packing
0: what? district. I mean, hmm
2: yeah. So why couldn't some of those dollars be used in areas like um, Columbia Street or Bruton or um, some other areas, or even in, in the Pine Hills area, even, you know, maybe <laughs> helping Orla Vista out a little bit? What, what? How How come none of those areas seem to be considered for, for something
1: like that?
0: Oh, just because nobody's focused on trying to uh, change those areas at the time the change is coming that's gonna happen it'll be overnight but yeah I mean there are dollars out there now community development block grant dollars that can be used to do a number of things you know to fix up pine Hills. I I saw something today where one of the county commissioners in Orange County was talking about they had put in new lighting in their mm-hmm. respective district and somebody says, "Well, why don't we have lighting in Pine Hills?" and, and mm-hmm. you know, that's that's a million dollar question, right? That somebody can answer. I mean, they just build a new community center at the corner mm-hmm. of High Washington and Highway 5 and they use something called community development block grant dollars to to build that community center, well you know, those yeah. dollars really should be used for infrastructure, for street lights, for repaving streets. They should be used to improve the community, but I'm yeah. not so sure that's how those dollars are really being used. Yeah.
2: Now, I have to say with that uh, place over on 50 in because it's near where I grew up, um, uh, and so I, I'm kind of I, I kind of am looking forward to seeing what they're going to do with that. Just for the simple reason, they've had gross... Uh-huh. Well, first of all, there was nothing there. So they, they downed a lot of trees, you know. And right. so <laughs> they downed a lot of trees. They built a grocery store. They've had a, two right. or three grocery stores come through there. And then right. it went vacant. And it stayed right. vacant. And it's like... Okay, I, there's so many things that could have been done with that area, so I am looking forward to seeing. I'd rather see something happen with it than for it to stay vacant.
0: Right, right, right. I agree.
2: Yeah. yeah. I so totally I'm, I'm hoping agree. something,
0: yeah,
2: I'm hoping something good comes after that. A could of
0: affordable housing units could have been built there, you know? <laughs> That's
2: true that's true, um, I, you know, or like, uh, that's true, but I, I actually thought about, well, what about a recreation center? Why is it that we, you know, have to go kind of out of our neighborhoods, let's say, to go right. bowling or to go skating or, or what I mean, we, they had a skating rink. It was, you know, our young people need a safe place to congregate. Right, right. You know, so and so I agree.
0: And so, you know, it is now, con- it's called a cultural center, but I think it's really a recreation right. center of some sort. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm not yeah. sure when it officially opens, but um, yeah. hopefully the kids will be able to go there. There will be computer labs and all sorts of things there for the kids, I hope.
2: Yeah. I hope so too. I hope so too you know because you know there's a need for you know tutorial services you know commun- you know communities being able to offer that type of stuff. there's so much stuff that we need to offer our kids, and um like I said, it's just not you know no parks or anything. that's another thing I'll have to talk to you about later, <laughs> but anyway, um so you take over in in the new year and uh who, who, oh, I know one question I wanted to ask you about. How difficult is it now, really, to work across the aisle with the other party?,
0: uh, I mean, it's all based on your personality, whether you're actually willing to sit down and talk with members of the other party. It's not that difficult. Um, I mean, you just have to make an effort to sit down and talk with them. I mean, there will be some issues where you can find commonality, and they're willing to work with you, and then on some partisan issues, they're not willing to work with you. But, I mean, that opportunity exists. Um You know, it's just a different... The people getting elected now are younger. Uh, either they are more partisan or they're less partisan, but I mean, the, the system now, the legislative system, focuses on partisanship, you know, and driving a wedge between the two parties. But as an individual legislator, you can go and, and establish relationships with your Republican colleagues. And, and, and that's the only way you can get stuff done is to go establish those individual relationships on your own with uh, your Republican colleagues. I mean, I've had success in doing that, but not everybody knows how to do that. You know, but it's a different place. a different you, place now, huh?
2: Now, when yep. you start doing that, do you get accused of betraying your own party?
0: <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> without a doubt. You know, uh, sometimes I vote with the Republicans. You know, and they get mad. Democrats get mad at you for voting with the Republicans. I mean, there's this past election, uh, the Democrats targeted. Like four black Democrats because they voted with the Republicans on some issues. One was the other, African-American pastor down in South Florida that voted with the Republicans on banning abortion. And man, they targeted him and defeated him. You know. But That's I, mean, it's, it's, I mean, he's a
2: pastor. He's supposed to be... Uh, <laughs> right,
0: <laughs> well, never <right>. mind. <laughs> But I mean, 95% of the time he voted with the Democrats, right? But, I mean, that is just – there's a yeah. civil war, I think, within the Democratic Party where you've got progressives, you've got moderates, you've got conservative Democrats. But the progressives, in some instances, are deciding who is pure and who's not pure, right? And so I think there's some ageism,
1: too.
0: Yeah. And they're out there targeting black legislators because, you know, you don't vote. Uh, a hundred percent with the Democrats. Or you shouldn't be voting that way because you're black. Uh, no. All black Democrats are not the same. You know, uh, all Democrats are not the same. But it's a a purity test that only seems to apply to black Democrats. It, it's kind of crazy. But uh, but yeah, you get accused of it. I mean, they used to say, you know, Bruce votes with the Republicans. But I brought a lot of money home for. For black communities and black colleges that help, so you're gonna penalize me for getting a hundred million dollars for Florida Memorial Edwards at Wards at Bethune Cookman, because uh, I voted with the Republicans a couple of times. I was just trading off votes, you know, for funding, you know. So uh, I got some money here for some after school programs, several million dollars. Well, you shouldn't be voting with the Republicans. Well, my community needs these after school programs, right? And so if I got to trade some votes to get a couple of million dollars, then I'm going to do it. But it's generally the people that accuse you of voting with the Republicans or betraying the Democrats or the people who can't get anything done in the legislature. That's, again, another long answer. So please forgive me. No,
2: no. but do not. Get into no, no forgiveness is necessary. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, and that's yeah. one of
2: the reasons, too, I just, you know, I, I, I'm nonpartisan. Um, it's because mm-hmm. I, I just feel like, you know, you you shouldn't be pigeonholed, you know. Right. You, you need to, for me, I'm like, don't just assume because I was Democrat, you know, or whatever, that that's where my vote is leaning. Um, if right. you're, whoever you are, you need to work for my vote. Okay. Right. You got to tell me how you're going to benefit me and my community. I don't care right. what party you are. Were you born in that party? No. Who are you as a, as a person? A- and how are you going to help? That's what matters. And, and we've got to right. get out of this whole partisan thing because it's, it's really um, hindering us from getting stuff done.
0: I totally agree. I yeah. totally agree. The people who seem to focus so much on the partisan thing are the people who really are not effective. And people who just don't have a history or perspective or of anything, and so they just believe, "I, uh, uh, you got to vote with us a hundred percent of the time." Nope, nope, nope. Uh, uh-uh. I got to vote for what's best for the people I represent. You know, so, mm, crazy okay. situation. Hey, can I say one other thing? People, yeah, who, people need to get their COVID boosters. Because COVID Mm -hmm. is still alive and well out there. And if you're 65 and older or if you have some health complications, you really need to go get your COVID booster shot and protect yourself. But, again, COVID hasn't gone away. No. So that is my friendly reminder.
2: No, I appreciate that. I mean, people look at me weird because I still, for the most part, wear my mask. And it's easy to not wear the mask. But then, right. it's mm-hmm. you know, the thing is, it's also <laughs> easy to catch stuff and then you have to take off from work and you can't do, you know, the things that you need right. to do. So, it, yeah, definitely. I want to ask you one more question. Um, uh-huh. I know you are a big proponent of encouraging people to run if they feel that there's a cause that they, they can help with. So mm-hmm. how does someone get started? Can you give a quick tutorial on that?
0: Well, the first thing is they need to decide why they want to run for office, and then they need to decide if they qualify, you know, and then they got to decide if they can go raise the money to run for office. I mean, there used to be a time where you could run for office and you didn't need any money, but these days you need money. I mean, for a city council race, you need to be able to figure out how to raise 25 dollars $30,000, 50000 You know, for a legislative race, you need to be able to raise $50,000, $100,000 for Congress you got to be able to raise, you know, actually to be competitive for half a million dollars. You know, but you got a lot of folks out there that just want to run for office. Oh, because there's some I believe in, da-da-da-da. But it takes money to run for office, and you've got to have time to go out there and campaign, whether it's knocking on doors, going to groups and meeting with them. But, I mean, we just saw a congressional race where there was folks running, right? And the mm-hmm. people did not have the money to compete. Uh, so they just get out there and you know go around vote for me, vote for me. Well, you cannot win without money uh, And so there are classes that the Democrats offer classes that the Republicans offer on how to run for office. you know uh you can mm-hmm. probably google over, contact the the state Republican party or the state Democratic Party and ask them if they're having some classes you know, on how to do that. But that's that's basically how you get started. But, I mean, you really need to look deep within yourself and say, you know, if you're running for office, why am I running? Am I committed? Because this is no easy task. Uh, it is time-consuming. Uh, and, man, these folks are mean and nasty these days. They, they will come at you, and you got to be able to withstand <laughs> that criticism I mean, it ain't no joke running for office. I tell you that much, man. These folks are brutal out here. Uh, <laughs> so that's a long answer, but you got to be able to raise money to run for office. You know, and that means you got to pay for signs, you got to pay for mailers, you know, uh, you got to pay for gasoline driving from this place to that place. You got to pay the qualifying fee, which. In my case, it's two thousand dollars. If you' run it for Congress, it's ten thousand dollars. You know, but again can't you, folks gotta be, can't
2: you get can't you get petitions to to make up for that fee Is
0: you can you okay. can so you can get petitions, you can save yourself the qualifying fee. I think if you're running for Congress, you need ten thousand signed petitions. It takes work okay. to get that, you know, and then yes. they charge you 15 cents per petition and verify it. So you still got to pay about $2,000 oh, just wow. to be those petition verified, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, I encourage folks to run for office, but they got to be really, really serious about it. And right now we got a lot of folks that are just running because they want a title, you know, and they're not willing to do the work. They have no concept of the issue. They're not gonna mm-hmm. go get up, speed on the issue. They just running, cause hey, uh, you know they need me. Well, I'm gonna be important if I get that title. And and ninety nine percent of them gonna lose. You know, so.
2: Bruce, thank you so much. Got to run. Appreciate it. <laughs> and and it. you're gonna have to come back because we got to follow up on some stuff. Okay.
0: Okay. Good enough. I will. <laughs>
2: Thank you. All and thank lady. you all for listening. This has been G's Power Hour I've Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Be well, be safe, be blessed, and please remember, all real power comes from God. Take care.